I feel like we like just had church. I don't even really need to preach, but but I'm going to because I prepared a message. So don't worry, Philip. That was that was awesome, man. That that really was great. Thank you. I I normally have a joke or something for Philip, but I ain't got nothing. That was awesome. Hey, um, so. Every single person watching knows what it's like to deal with a curveball in life. You've gotten a text or an email or a phone call that completely changed the trajectory of your day, your week, some of us even your life. And that happened to me on on Tuesday. So on Tuesday morning, I woke up and I wasn't feeling 100%. And normally I wake up and I feel great and I get out of bed and, you know, go let Chance outside to go do his business and... um, but Tuesday morning, I woke up, and I had um, a little bit of a tickle in my throat. It wasn't a cough. It was, a, it was a t- like something was just back there, and I didn't know, like, if I'd swallowed a gnat. Have you ever, Philip, have you ever read, like, you, you swallow, like, 10 spiders in your life during your sleep? Dear, I hope that's not true, and if it is true, I hope I don't wake up because I would literally, like, ish the bed. Anyway, so I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm going to get better. So, so tickle in my throat. And I couldn't get warm, I, and, and I didn't know what was wrong, and, and so tickle, and it, and it didn't go away. So th- I had this thought. I said, you know what? Um, there's, th- there's a few people that I know of that have had COVID lately, and I probably should go get tested. Now, I did not think that I had COVID. It was not registering in my mind. I wasn't feeling sick. I didn't have fever, headache. I had taste. I had smell. And I made sure because I went in the kitchen and I sprayed Lysol and, and just like stuck my head down in the sink and I smelled it. So um, that because that's the strongest smelling thing I've got. So I went to the little place and paid them. I actually had to make an appointment online, paid them money. And they said, hey, we'll get you, you know, and they, they stuck the thing up in my brain and pulled it back out. There's nothing there. And then they said, we'll call you and give you your test results. And I was like, no problem. I got in my truck. I got home. I'm sitting on my back porch. The phone rings. I don't know the number, but it's the Anderson number. I pick up and they said, is this Mr. Noble? I said, this is. And she said, you're positive. And I was like, I'm I am positive. I am so positive right now. And she said, no, 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 no. You are positive. You have COVID, and this is what you need to do, and the CDC is going to call you. They hadn't called me yet, by the way, just so y'all know, but it's the government, so I'll expect the call like 2035. But um, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to get diagnosed with COVID because um, while it's very real and it's very serious, it's something we watch on the news. It's something we hear about other people dealing with. But, but we don't have to deal with it personally. But this is what I've discovered this week. In fact, this is not the message I had originally planned for today. Um, we're in a series on the Holy Spirit, and we'll pick that back up when we start meeting and having live services again. But um, God, starting on Tuesday through, till, through today, has been using this, COVID-19, corona, whatever you want to call it, to get my attention. Now, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but God has really unique ways of getting our attention sometimes. He does it through unique. Sometimes he gets our attention through people. Um, I've had people say things to me at just the right place at just the right time to encourage me. I've also had, um, <laughs> I've also had weird people that came up to me and said, hey, I got a word from the Lord for you. And it's always something really random. Like one person came up to me one time and said, God said you would know what this means. And I said, go for it. And she went, it's time. And I went, it's 
time to part. Like I, I, I still don't know what she meant, but, but there's, God speaks sometimes through people. God will speak through circumstances or situations. And, and I, I'm saying this because I don't know what you're personally going through right now. Whether it's something good, whether it's something bad, whether it's something we can celebrate, whether it's something that's tragic. But what I know, what I know is that God is always speaking. Jesus said in the Gospel of John that, that God is always at work. I believe God's always speaking. It's just that sometimes, for me, it takes something like this for me to slow down long enough to hear his voice. And so when this happened to me, I could not get this story that I'm going to share with you today out of my mind. It's a, it's a story about an Old Testament king named Hezekiah who ruled in the southern part of the kingdom. He ruled in Judah. Um, and he was, by all accounts, he was a good king. Now, there's three separate instances of this particular story in the Old Testament, but I'm going to go with the one in the book of Isaiah. And we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1. Isaiah is a prophet that was alive during the time of Hezekiah. And this is um, it's kind of unique how it parallels into what maybe we got going on in, in our lives today. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1. Scripture says this. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. And I'm super thankful that Isaiah um, clarified between ill and deathly ill because some people get ill and then some people get deathly ill. And, and Isaiah wanted to know that Hezekiah was deathly ill. How deathly ill was he? Well, here we go. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Now, pause. Up until this point, Hezekiah is probably thinking what I was thinking on Tuesday. Like, this is going to be okay. Nothing's going to be wrong. In fact, Hezekiah was probably thinking, oh, my God, Isaiah's here, the prophet. He's going to speak a word of encouragement over me. He, um, like the Old Testament prophets, there's records of them, like, laying their hands on people and healing them. Maybe he's here to heal me. Isaiah goes, nope, I'm not here for any of that. I'm here to give you a message from the Lord. And, Isaiah, and Hezekiah is like, that's awesome. I want to hear a message from the Lord. I need somebody to speak a word into me. Isaiah, you've got the floor. Go for it. What does God want to say to me? And this is where it takes a turn for the worse. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there for consideration. At this point, God had Hezekiah's undivided attention. And I don't know about you, but anytime something tragic happens. We either blame God or we turn to him. Those are the two options. I remember very specifically where I was when I found out about 9-11. And if you were alive on September 11, 2001, you remember where you were and you remember what you were doing. And I remember very specifically 
Um, not a lot of people, but a small group of people going, where was God? Blaming God for the tragedy that, that took place. And my first thought was, oh my God, like God gets blamed for an airplane crash, but what about the millions of planes that land safely all over the world every year? He doesn't get one single ounce of credit for that. It, God has a way, God has a way of using things like this to get our attention. And when this is what we don't want to hear, because I'm going to show you, this isn't what Hezekiah wanted to hear. We can either get bitter or we can become students and go, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? Now, as I'm saying this, there may be somebody watching today and you've got an illness that you can't seem to recover from. Maybe you've got cancer or maybe you've got, maybe you've got COVID or you have a family member that's got COVID and they're on... Um, they're on the not so good side of it. And you've been told by doctors, I don't think you're going to recover, or I don't think you're going to get better. Or if you do recover, it's not going to be the same. Maybe there's somebody today and you're wrestling with anxiety. And it just seems to be that thing that won't go away. You think you got it whipped. And the next time you turn around, you're feeling anxious and worried and stressed. And you think you're not going to recover from this illness. Maybe, maybe you're wrestling with this thing called loneliness. Hey, I can tell you the worst part of COVID so far, the worst part is not losing taste and smell. It's not feeling sick. It's being all alone. It sucks. Now, I knew I needed people in my life before this, but after this, I literally may go to Walmart just to be around people. I mean, unique people, but, but I may have to go there because I know there's always some people there, right? Lots of sermon illustrations at Walmart, but maybe you're dealing with this thing called loneliness and you feel like, you know what, there's nobody out there that cares. There's nobody out there that cares about me. There's nobody out there that cares for me. And I'm just not going to be able to recover from this. You feel overwhelmed by some sort of circumstance in life. And if that's true, I just want to push the pause button and not minimize the hurt. I don't want to minimize the pain. I don't want to minimize the frustration. I just want to ask the question, in the middle of what you're currently going through, could it be that God is trying to get your attention? There was a reaction to this, of course. I mean, obviously, you just get told you're going to die. And so Isaiah tells us that when Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Now, I love this because evidently Hezekiah was facing everyone in the room, and he was the king, so he had lots of attendants and everything. But as soon as he gets this information, he can't get up out of bed because he's sick. He can't go away to a quiet place. So he makes the best of the situation. He turns over. In other words, he takes his attention off of everybody. He takes his attention off of everything. He turns around and puts his focus on a wall so he can 
pray to the Lord so he can take this problem exactly where it needs to be taken to the Lord. Like, ask this question. Let's say I'm driving down the road and I have a flat tire on my truck. And, and you know, I, I run over a nail or something. I have a flat tire on my truck. I'm going to need to take my truck to a garage, not the car wash. That'd be weird, right? If I had a flat tire, took my truck to the car wash and somebody said, hey, you got a flat tire. And I went, I know, but instead of dealing with a tire, I want to make sure my truck is clean because maybe if, if my truck is clean, nobody's going to notice that it's going, I don't know if you ever had a flat tire, but that's like, it kind of sounds like that. I'm not really good at sound effects right now, but that's how, or, or if I broke my arm, let's say I, I fell off the stage, which one day is possible. So if you're ever sitting on the front row, I'm going to need you to be real good at catching people. Okay. If you've got a charismatic background, you know how to catch people. Anyway, <laughs> church humor. So if, if I broke my arm, I, I wouldn't go to my barber. Now, I've got a good barber. His name is Tim. He gives a great haircut. I get to hear about football and politics and lots of great conversations in the barbershop. But if I were to walk into my barbershop and see my barber, Tim, and say, Tim, I broke my arm. Can you cut my hair? He'll be like, fool, what are you doing? Why are you here for a haircut? Go get the problem dealt with. The reason I use these illustrations is because sometimes I think we take our problems to the wrong people. Hezekiah had a serious problem here. He's going to die. And it's not, it's not like a doctor told him. God told him. So instead of putting his focus on all the people that were there to take care of him, instead of seeking advice, now let me pause. We should absolutely seek godly advice of people that we know love Jesus and we love us. And then, or they, they love Jesus and they love us. But we should do that after we do this. After we take this problem, this tragedy, this situation, and we personally take it to the Lord on our own. Turning our back for just a little while on people, like there's some godly people that want to give us some great advice, but if we haven't heard from God, that's who we've got to go to first because it's God that's trying to get our attention. We, we don't need to go to social media. Oh my God, you would not believe the medical advice I've gotten from people on social media. I, there's no way, uh-uh. You need to go eat hot, spicy things. No, you need to jump off a cliff. I'm not doing that. That's weird, okay? But, but you, you would not believe the advice. And I'm, there are some very well-meaning people out there that want to speak into our lives. And I'm not saying, once again, that we shouldn't let them speak into our lives. I'm saying that we, we often, and I know I'm guilty of this, we often skip this step right here. God, I want to talk to you about what I'm going through, because at the end of the day, God's the one who's trying to get our attention. And maybe he's trying to get our attention, not because he wants to beat us down, but because he wants to build us up. Watch this. This story takes a fascinating turn. Watch this. And um, verse 3, remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you. And have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Now, 
I was looking at this, and I was thinking, I wonder if he was really that good. Because I can, I can take you back to the two years I played football. I was watching Clemson yesterday. It's so great that they won. Everybody's like, they look sloppy. They won by 26. That's a, I'm, that's a win, okay? Anyway, um, but I remember back when I played football, I was, I was decent. I remember one particular game, and the reason I remember this game in particular, it was my best game. I had 14 tackles, six for loss, two sacks. I mean, I, and, 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 but that was one game. That wasn't the whole thing. I had a good game, and I showed up, and I did pretty decent at practice, but I wasn't all that because my football career was over in the sixth grade. But I had some, I had some good moments. I don't think Hezekiah right here is saying, God, you know, I've, I've, I really have always been 100% faithful. I think what he's saying to God is, God, I've always given you my best effort. God, I, I really have tried. Because none of us, nobody watching right now, and nobody watching right now knows anyone who's ever been faithful and served single-mindedly, always doing what pleases God. I've never had anybody say, hey, I'm wrestling with something. What am I wrestling? What are you wrestling with? I'm always pleasing God, and I don't know how to stop. Yeah, that's weird. We've de- like, I've never had anybody say that to me. All of us have wrestles and struggles. What he's saying here is, God, I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was giving you my best effort. I thought I, 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 thought I was doing way more right than I was doing wrong. He's he's being so real and so honest with God, but this is where it gets even more real. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. I don't know about you, but I I, kind of cry easy sometimes. Um, I remember the first movie I cried in was Fox and the Hound. It was sad at the end when they couldn't be friends. It it still breaks my heart. I can't watch it. To this day, um, I remember I was with a fr- some friends at an ice cream shop. Ah, God, this is months ago. It's for those of y'all that watch. Um, what is it? America's Got Talent was. Is that where Cody Lee? Is that what the Cody Lee thing came out? Where the the kid with autism came out and he he was he sat down on the piano and he played and and it was like I started crying. Like I'm in a restaurant bawling because I can't, I'm like, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. I was weeping. But Isaiah wants us to know that Hezekiah is so broken over this. And he's not, he's not bitter at God because I don't know about you, but I have the tendency sometimes when things don't go my way to get bitter. He's not bitter. He's broken. He's basically saying, okay, God, you've got my attention. And maybe, maybe, maybe for somebody watching today, the step that you need to take from this message is just to get by yourself and say, okay, God, you've got my attention. Now what? Don't tell him what to do because... He's got it. Don't don't tell him what you need because I'm going to show you in just a second. He's going to provide more than we need to begin with. Just, God, you've got my attention. What do you want me 
to do. Now, it, it, it goes on from there. This is where it gets even more interesting. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. So Isaiah is like given the message, probably not the most exciting message he's ever delivered. He's walking away. We find out in another passage he's not even out of the courtyard yet. And God tells Isaiah, you need to go back and tell Hezekiah something for me. Um, go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will add 15 years to your life. Now, that right there is good news. Doesn't always happen that way, but that right there is good news. But I want to pause and just ask the question, what was happening between <clears throat> Isaiah praying I'm sorry, Hezekiah praying what he prayed and Isaiah making it back. Now, this is pure speculation. This is just what I believe, and I believe this because of the totality of scriptures, and I believe this because of being in ministry for over 30 years. I would be willing to bet you that while Hezekiah is laying on that bed, focused on the wall, pouring his heart out to God, isn't that such an incredible time for the enemy to attack? I'm sure this was a perfect time for the enemy just to kind of move in and say, hey, um, Hezekiah, how's that God thing going for you? In fact, I think you just wasted time. All this time you spent in your life serving God, you just wasted that time. How's it working out for you now? And the, the reason I know that phrase probably popped in his mind is because it's popped in my mind and it's popped in your mind as well. Whenever we go through something bad, and when I say something bad, I'm not talking about we didn't get the parking place closest to the building, okay? That's, that's not bad. In fact, some of us need walk to walk. I got to get in my steps, right? I'm not talking about bad. I'm so, talking about something tragic, something awful, something we didn't see coming. And the enemy hits us with, you know what? You just wasted time. All that time and energy you put toward a relationship with God, how's that working out for you now? All of us have wrestled with this. I'm sure Hezekiah wrestled with it. I'm sure some of us are wrestling with it now, right now. I'm sure he probably said, hey, Hezekiah, you know what? You're useless. It, at one point, you were a great king. But look at you now, all sick, laid up in your bed, looking at the wall, crying all over yourself. You are useless. You're, you're worthless and you're useless. Some of us wrestle with this because, because of what we did or because of what was done to us, maybe it was last week, maybe it was 20 or 30 years ago, the world has a way of trying to strip the worth off of us and make us feel completely useless. And then maybe, and this is the big one, this is the one we've all wrestled with, this is the one some of us are wrestling with today. Maybe you hit them with this. God doesn't care. I mean, if God, if, let, let's, let's just be honest, Hezekiah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying if God cared about you so much, why would he let you be sick in bed? Only 
bad people get sick. Only wicked people get sick. So either you were bad or wicked, or either God's just this big cosmic cruel jokester who is playing a, a prank. I mean, if God really cared about you, why would you be sick? And there's some people, maybe you're watching today, maybe somebody shared this with you, and you're convinced that because of what you're going through, God doesn't care about you. Because if he cared about you, you wouldn't have COVID. And if he cared about you, your mom wouldn't have got cancer. And if he cared about you, that wouldn't have happened to you when you were a child, when you had nobody else around you. If he really cared about you, then why did he let it happen Those are legit questions. And I'm sure he got hit with all those while he's laying there taking this to the Lord. But let's go back to that verse for just a second. Let's look at something. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestors says. I've heard your prayer and seen your tears, and I will add 15 years to your life, which, by the way, I don't know that I would want to know how many years I had left, but 15 is the number of rest. So what God is communicating to Hezekiah is, I'm going to give you 15 years, and they're going to be 15 restful years. You're not going to have to worry about some things that you're worried about now. I'll get into that in just a second. But this right here reminded me, reminded me of old school. I'm talking about old school call waiting. Now, this is like before we had cell phones. Y'all remember this thing we had called landlines? You're going to have to Google that, some of y'all, because you don't know what it is. And and you got call waiting. That meant if somebody called you while you were on the phone, you could say, y'all remember this? Hey, hold on. I'm getting another call. Now, we have it on our phones right now. It's just kind of normal. Um, but you could say, hold on. I'm, I'm getting another call. And you could like go to the other line. And if the other person was more important than the person you were talking to, you'd switch back over and say, hey, I got to go with so-and-so. Or you just wouldn't switch back over. You just kind of leave them and they would hang up. But that's what I would do. Just guilty confession right there. But you just kind of leave them out in the cold, right? Hang, hang, hang on. I'm getting another call. Hang on. I'm getting another call. Hang on. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what was going on. Hezekiah is laying there and he's being attacked by the enemy and he's being told he's worthless and he's wasted time and God doesn't care. But all of a sudden, Isaiah walks back in the room and Hezekiah has to tell the enemy, hold on. I'm getting another call. I hear what you're saying. I hear how you're tearing me down. But see, the man of God who just delivered the bad news just walked in to deliver the good news. So I'm going to have to put you on hold. In fact, I'm not going to switch back over to you because all you're going to do is tear me down. i got a feeling that the man of God is back in the room for a reason. And so let me listen to what he's got to say. And because he refused to listen to the enemy and he instead turned back around and put his attention on God, he learned he's not going to die. He, God said, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. This is what I think moved God. I think because Hezekiah got so real with him, he didn't fake it. He didn't say, oh God, I'm just so happy with the news that I just found out I'm going to die. And, and, and maybe those people are out there. Maybe that's you. And maybe you need to share what you have with other people, right? I, I don't know. But Hezekiah got so real with God when he got alone. I believe that moved the heart of God. 
And the man of God came back in the room and delivered good news. And I'm here to tell somebody today, you're not useless. You're not worthless. You have not wasted your time. You are the head and not the tail. You are, above, you are above and not beneath. God is going to bless you. He is not going to curse you. The best is yet to come for those who are in Christ. Even if we have to walk through hell, heaven's on the way. That's the truth. That's the reality. I know sometimes life will beat us down. I know sometimes life beats the hell out of us, but at the end of the day, when once we get the hell out of us, we can step into heaven. So don't let anything that's going on in your life right now discourage you from putting your eyes on Jesus because putting our eyes on Jesus is actually what's going to get us through this thing that we think is going to kill us. Just look at what happened to Hezekiah. I'm going to give you 15. You're not going to die. I'm going to give you 15 more years. Now, there's one more thing I got to include, and this is... This is really awesome. Hezekiah was the king, as we said at the beginning of the message, of a nation called Judah. And one of their biggest fears was being invaded by a kingdom in the north called Assyria. The Assyrians had already taken over the northern kingdom of Israel. And the southern kingdom of Israel was in danger as well. And so Hezekiah knew... Well, that's great that I'm going to live 15 years, but there's, a, there's still an enemy out there that's going to come after me. But look what God does. All Hezekiah did was pour his heart out to him. Say, God, I've given you my best shot. He got real. He got honest. And this is what the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 6. And God said, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. Here's what's remarkable. Hezekiah didn't ask for that. In fact, Hezekiah didn't even ask, God, would you please change your mind? Hezekiah just took a moment to turn his back on everything for the purpose of just getting alone with God and pouring his heart out. And because he was so real and so raw in that moment. See, we've, taught to be, we've, we've been taught we got to be fake when we approach God. We've, we, I remember growing up being told, don't ask God questions. Don't ask God questions. Look at what happened to Job. I'm pretty sure all the bad stuff happened to Job before he asked one single question. And I'm pretty sure God is not threatened by our questions. In fact, I think he welcomes them. He got so real and so raw and so vulnerable in that moment. I believe it just, I believe it moved the heart of God. I believe it still happens today. And God moves back into his life and says, you know what? Not only am I going to heal you, I'm going to give you something that you didn't even ask for that you couldn't do on your own to begin with. The reason I'm saying that is maybe the reason God's trying to get your attention, maybe the reason that God's trying to refocus your eye, your thoughts, your mind, 
is not because he's trying to take something away, but because he's trying to give you more than you could have ever imagined. I'm going to be honest with you. When I got diagnosed with COVID, I wasn't happy. Um, I had a, about a five-minute freak out. Maybe 10, 10, 15, 15 minute, 20-minute freak out. 20 minute, 20, half an hour. That's where, I'm, that's where I got to stop. Half an hour freak out with God. Because my mind started going, I mean, all the news, right? And am I going to be in a hospital or am I going to be on a ventilator? Or am I, like, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Just like some of you, you're in a situation, you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I, once I shut my phone down and once I just sat on my back deck and watched it just talk to God, this is what I felt him say very clearly just to me. I believe this is a message for me and I believe this is a message for our church and the people in our church. You're going to go through it, but you're going to come out of it. And you're going to come out of it better than you were when you went into it. So even though I'm not in the most ideal situation right now, I know something better is coming my way. I know something better for our church is coming our way. And I believe with all my heart, something better for you is coming your way just take this time, no matter what you're going through, and don't get bitter, and don't start asking everybody's opinion right now. Take some time and get alone with God and pour your heart out to him, not being fake, being real, and just watch him take the mess that you're in and somehow, some way, turn it into a miracle. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just want to ask you for every single person watching today, no matter where they are in the world, they feel like they're in a situation like Hezekiah. They're overwhelmed and they just feel like their situation isn't going to get better, whether it's spiritual, physical, or emotional. Father, I pray that you would remind them right now of how good you are. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if God has forgotten about you, then explain to me why, you're, why you are hearing this message right now. Could it be that God's trying to get your attention? And he's not trying to get your attention to, to lecture you. He's trying to get your attention to show you he loves you and he doesn't want to push you out. He wants to draw you in. Maybe right now, maybe right now you need to commit to a time and a space today where you're going to get alone with God and pour your heart out to Him and let Him begin to do that healing work in your life. Maybe you're here today watching and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Jesus, listen, if anybody understands going through tough times, surviving tough times, it's Jesus. He died on a cross for our sins, and he rose from the grave so that you and I could be, be raised and have new life. So if you're watching today and you want to pray to receive Christ, then right where you are right now, I just want you to pray in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. 
I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just pray that prayer on Facebook, on YouTube, if you'll do a hand raise emoji because we want to know that you prayed that prayer. Um, if you just uh, pray to receive Christ at Church Online on our website, if you'll just hit the hand raise emoji once again just so we can pray with you and celebrate with you. If there's any way that our church can serve you or be praying for you during this time, shoot us an email at hello at mysecondchancechurch.com. Hello at mysecondchancechurch.com. And once again, I hope that you will carve out a time and space today to get alone with God because the reason he's trying to get your attention, I believe this with all my heart, the reason he's trying to get your attention is he wants to bring blessing in your life in ways that you've never seen it or expected it before. We'll be back here again next week with another message online only. We will not be meeting in person next week and then we'll have an announcement as to when we're going to start meeting again in person. I can't wait because I miss you guys. In the meantime, I love you. Have an awesome week. We know that God is in control and in Christ we know the best is always yet to come. Love you guys. God bless.